Holy fucking shit. 800 episodes? Oi, I've been listening my whole adult life to you. That's fucking disgusting. But yeah, keep it up. D&K, love the show. First time caller, extreme long time listener. What the fuck have I been doing in my life? Sick and Wrong, the world's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening and welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. And I'm the try-hard bint, Kate Rambo. Kate Rambo, happy episode 800. Well, not for me, for you. You're the one who's been here for 800 Weeks in a row. Eight well hundred fucking episodes of Sick and Wrong. Pop my cock to you. It's hard to uh, it's hard to like even fathom that eight hundred episodes of this show. I've I've been recording this show for fifteen years of my life. Fifteen years, just like try to think about that. Put that in perspective. And since two thousand six, I've been doing this show. You were like in primary school then. No, I wasn't. I was in, I was, well, it's just as bad to admit where I was. I was in art college. <laughs> I was in art college. 15 years ago? Uh, yes, in yeah. 2006, I was in art college getting my uh, contemporary culture and creative writing degree. Go me. I was like 31 when I started doing the show. And yet, never, we've never missed a week in 15 years. 15 years of doing the show, never missed a week. I was thinking about this. Sick and wrong is a lot like that kid in high school with the perfect attendance record, but is too stupid to get into an actual, like, credible university. You know, do you have people like that in England? Like, in, in the States, these of kids... Course. Well, there'd be, like, a, at the end of the year when they gave out, like, you know, honors awards and academic honors and things like that, um, there'd always be the one award for the kid with the perfect attendance. And you just know that kid's going to, like, fucking go to community college because like, he's just too stupid to get into a university. Yet he's never missed a day of high school. I work with people who are proud that they've never once used a sick day at work. It's like, what the fuck are you proud of? <laughs> I, <laughs> There's I, nothing I to be know. proud of. I tried to miss <laughs> as many days as I possibly can at work and at high school. Um, but that's kind of what sick and wrong is. You know, we've, we've never missed a week since 2006, but yet barely anyone even listens to us or pays attention to this podcast. So Excuse we're a lot me. like that all kid. The, <laughs> all the cool people listen to us. And well, especially the patrons who are the coolest of the cool. I've always found it funny that the people that do, like the rabid fans are super into it, are like, oh, I would never tell my friends or family or coworkers about this show. Yeah, I love when people are ashamed. <laughs> because we're, we're seriously like the redheaded, mentally challenged stepchild of podcrafting. That, that, you that's might what be. We are. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what this show is. But... Fact of the matter is, we are one of the OG podcasts, one of the original guard of podcasts. We really are. We got that claim to fame. It doesn't mean anything, but uh, we definitely have that claim to fame, you know? And it, it's weird, though. It's, it is weird. Like, this week has been rather odd. I mean, it's been cool getting all, like, the congratulatory emails and postings and, and, and shit like that from all the, uh, the listeners. Um, but honestly, I never 
Never would have thought that I'd still be recording this show. Never would how have long, thought that I've gone through three co-hosts, you know? Or I'm how long did you co-host. think it was going to go for? Were you just like, oh, let's see you how know, well it does? I knew Wackerly wasn't going to be sticking around for 800 episodes. I, I knew that. And I kind of figured, ah, when we get bored of it, we'll stop doing it. You know, and then I don't know, maybe a couple hundred episodes, two or 300 episodes. I think actually we used to say that we had a contract with the Reach Around Foundation that uh, we'd had to do 330 episodes. So I think a lot of people thought that we were going to be done at 330. That was an arbitrary number. There was no, you know, obviously there's no end reason to it. But yeah, you know, it's, it's just weird. I never thought I'd be doing it this long. And so this week I was trying to like, I was going through calls because a lot of people called in. We're going to play a bunch of calls. So this is going to be a fun show, actually, because we're going to get drunk. It's a jubilee is what this is, a sick and wrong jubilee. Um, we're going to play some <laughs> phone calls. Off. We're going to do... Um, some emails. We actually have an interview with like the perfect episode episode eight hundred guest. Um, we'll get to yep. that in a minute. Um, but anyway, I was going through calls trying to figure out like, hey, what are we going to play on the show? And I found this call, an older call, like um, from a Scottish listener, and it you know it really hit home. It did. It was weird. I was oh. like, I was kind of affected by it. I was just, I, I remember, I remember like listening to it. It was kind of late at night. It was around like midnight on a Wednesday, and uh, I went. And I poured myself a glass of Templeton rye, and I ruminated on it. I ruminated. I was doing some rooming. Um, <laughs> let me play Did the you, call. You sound like a chick when she has a period. Do you ruminate on your period? That's all chicks do when they have their period. <laughs> is ruminate. I thought you get all. I thought you like brood and. Yeah, get exactly. All get broody. Get moody. Get ruminatey. It's what you do. No, I was like, you know, I was having some deep thoughts. I'm ruminating on this on this call. But let me play, let me play the call. Let's hear it. Well, Harrison, you've finally fucking gone into rehab. It is an old call. So this is like when Harrison went to rehab one of one of several times. You know, um, pretty fucked anyway, so, uh, fair play, I, I, to be honest with you, Harrison, I didn't actually get on with you quite as well as I, I thought at the start, but you know what, you're not too bad, you know. That, that always happens, you know, it's like when you get a new host, everybody hates on them, and then those that can't get over it, can't deal with change, stop listening. And then those that do are like, oh, now I actually really like you and I get on with you. I mean, happened, same deal happened when you came on too, you know? Yeah, it's happened to me too. That's human nature. Too bad at all. But anyway, my question is to Dee is, you know, I've been listening now since I was 22 years old. I'm about 30 now. And I, I just want to know why the fuck you still do this podcast, you know? Like, you know. honest to fuck, like, I would have given up after, like, show 35, 36. I just wonder, like, why the fuck do you still do it? You know, what motivates you, D, to, to do this fucking podcast weekend, weekend, right? On a Friday, right? I finish work, you're hanging, I'm going to go home and I'm going to fire up my laptop and fucking... You know, do this podcast. Uh, I feel like that. No, I'm just gonna get drunk or stoned or whatever. You know, I, I just don't. I don't get. I don't get why you're still doing this after like 570 weeks or something. 571 weeks, whatever. You know? 800, dude. It's just it's craziness. Absolute craziness. 
he's right. It is abs- It's fucking mental. It's utterly mental. Like I, I was sitting there, I'm listening to this call, and I was just like, God, why do I do this every week? Yeah, why do you? It's mental. No, it, it truly. When you sit back and think about it, it is mental. Like I, you know, come home from fucking work, and then on the weekends, and I'm sitting there like, you gotta like. You know, prepare for the show, do all this research, then we record, and, and we're recording, you know, hours for hours, and you got to edit it every week. You know, it's it's a lot of work, and I was just like, it is. What? Why am I doing this? Because it's, if you think about it, it's, it's a bit pathological. Like I don't know if it's like out of like some kind of weird narcissistic personality disorder that I need people to listen to me or something. I was just like, it's why the fuck am I doing this? You know, especially now, like with my current job, it's like, I'm, you know, my, I'm working like 50 plus hours a week. So it's like, it's tough to like find the time to come and produce this show on the, on the weekends. I'm thankful with Kate here because Kate does, you do uh, help out with a lot of preparation, show prep and finding stories and um, intros and things like that, which, because if, if you did as much work as like the previous hosts, I, I, there's no way I'd be doing this. Cause it's just, I just don't have enough, I just don't have enough time. (laughs) But then I was, you know, so I I was drinking my Templeton rye, drinking my rye whiskey. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, why the fuck do I do this? You know, I think I was, I might've been listening to Cat Stevens getting really introspective. Maybe it was Nick Cave. I don't know. But anyway, I was sitting there listening to uh, some music and I was thinking out and I was like, you know what keeps me going nowadays? And I'm not trying to do this as like a big promotion or anything like that, but the reason I think I keep doing it now is because of the patrons, the people who, you know, support the show and are on patron on Patreon. And, uh, I think that's why I, why I'm still doing this. And don't get me wrong. There's to be honest, there's not that many patrons, you know, I mean, I was looking, I was kind of doing the math recently. I was like, it's like 2.8% of the audience actually donates anything to Patreon, which isn't and the coolest 2.8, but yeah, you know who yeah. you are. And we do appreciate that. And it is, it, you know, honestly, that's their support for this podcast is kind of keeps, you know, keeps me going. Because, I mean, it helps. I love doing the it's patron. like we're actually making, you know, we're making money off of it. Because, I mean, you know, for years we made nothing. You know, we'd sell T-shirts and things like that. But now it's like you're actually, you know, making money from it and you're being, you know, rewarded, compensated for your efforts that you're spending every well, week. A lot. All the money goes back into the show and it's still going to go back into the show. We've got this big announcement coming up and that's about the future of the show. And that's only going to be on Patreon. They're they're only going to be the people who are going to hear about it. Well, I think so. This is what I was thinking about and why I think I enjoy doing Patreon these days. Um, Because it's not just about money, obviously. But this show, this is the analogy I came up with. This show, Sick and Wrong Podcast, is a lot like a mullet. (laughs) Like a mullet haircut, you know. Um, and hear me out, hear me out on this. The show... Well, we have to, we're forced here. Yeah, <laughs> captive audience. The show itself that we record every week is a structured professional broadcast. I mean, as much as it can be considering the subject matter. Um, but I mean, it's business time. It's business time, the show. Like, we're all business on this show. We, you know, I don't usually get drunk when we record it. It's like, it's structured intro stories, phone calls, you know... It's, it's a very structured thing. We've been doing the same thing, and it's, it's consistent. You know, we record at the same time. Whereas Patreon is kind of just like an unstructured mess. It's kind of like the, the shit show that Sick and Wrong used to be, like when me and Lance used yeah. to record in the, in the early it's days. It's fun. Yeah, it, it's, it's fun, and it's fun to record. We're usually 
intoxicated, you know, and because it, it, also it's like it's we do it at weird hours. Like, so we'll do it, you know, either really late at night for me or early in the morning for you. So we're kind of like, you know, we're sleep deprived. Wacky. You know, wacky. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's kind of more like it's just, it's just more fun. It's like we, we, we get into like personal stories. I think you were talking about. Like the history of your abortions or something. Yeah, I did my <laughs> many, uh, my abortion many abortions, history. people. I'm not many. talking one or two, all right? Yeah, I've been pregnant many times, just never to full term. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it, you know, it's just it's kind of fun. Like we just get drunk and uh, then we do like the news, you know, and uh, just talking about all sorts of stupid shit, like um, R. Kelly's sex cult mansion. What were we doing? Like pigs breathing through their anuses it's like good science science topics i always forget because i'm usually wasted that's the funny part is like kate doesn't even remember and like sometimes she'll you know a couple days later she'll hear the outtakes be like oh my god i I had no idea i was talking about that Ah, but i don't take anything out because it's like who gives a fuck it's it's patreon it's beyond a i always think patreon is like listening to two fucking buddies sat in a in a room and you're sat listening to them you're going what are those morons talking about (laughs) now and we're talking about pigs breathing out of their anuses but but that's the thing so the show is like a mullet it's like business up front and party in the back you know party in the patreon so, you know, and we appreciate people joining the party. Definitely keeps me keeps me going. You know, I'm not sure at this point if I'm going to do a thousand episodes. <laughs> you know, someone's like, I hope next milestone's going to be a thousand episodes. I don't know about that. In fact, and I hope I'm not giving away too much. I do kind of have a potential end of the show in mind. It's not concrete and it's not anytime like right now, but there's an idea I have that I think would be a cool way to end the show. Like I remember I really wanted to end it episode 666 just with because Damien it's kind Eccles. of, yeah, with Damien Eccles, like we're ending on a high note, 666. And plus like, I mean, the, the show was becoming difficult at that time, but then it's like, you know, I don't know. Then we kept going. I'm glad we kept going. Cause it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, evolved and it's, it's fun. Um, but I do have this idea of how to end this show, which would be weird. And it's not going to be anytime soon. Um, but anyway, it's not concrete. I mean, I don't want to say that we'll never hit a thousand episodes. I, I don't even know. I mean, I could say like with a few more patrons, it's probably more likely. I mean, if we had, you know, a huge Patreon following, I don't, it, I'm too Jewish to step away from that. Well, if we had a huge Patreon following, I would, I would be the one who would end up doing everything. Well, I mean, and I'd I think, be happy uh, to do that. Like I love, it's like I say, I love doing all the research. One of the reasons I am so prolific at helping the show is because I love doing the show. And I think people can tell, unlike, you know, Wackily in the beginning, he did a lot, but then he grew bored and like Harrison was always up and down because that's his nature. But I genuinely love this show. I came onto this show as a fan. So being here for like the 800th episode and I'm on the show, this is like, this is great for me. And I would love to like, keep you know, doing you know it. what this is, people? This is newbie enthusiasm. Try doing it 15 fucking years, Kate, to see how like jolly you are. <laughs> I'd be like, can we end it, D? <laughs> D, why are we on episode 20,000? I'm just saying, I have, a, never <laughs> I have a creative way to possibly end the show that I think would be, would be cool. I don't know if it's going to happen. I honestly don't. And, uh, We'll see. This is episode 800. It's fun, party, jubilee, J-E-W, bully. And uh, we have an interview coming up in a minute uh, who's a perfect guest for this episode. I was searching far and wide trying to find 
um, the, the the right guest, you know, yeah, this thematically took a while. to uh, to have for episode eight hundred. Um, we got some emotionally moving phone calls from our listeners, some emails, some really touching emails. I mean, touching. I touched myself when I read it. Oh, that's disgusting. No, I'm joking. Disgusting. I haven't, I haven't read these emails. Kate says she had like a secret message, so I don't, I don't know. But I, do. I imagine I it's going to be message. touching. Um, but the thing that blows my mind about this show, that really does blow my mind about this show, is the people who have been listening for so many years. There's people who have been listening since like episode one, episode two. It's still listening. Like, I know it's insane for me to keep doing it, but what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like 15 years every week listening to this fucking show. I, I don't get it. I don't know. Um, but it is um, humbling, to say the least. And I, I do appreciate that. And that's great. They're here for you, D. They, they love you, man. So um, what do you, what you want? should we do the calls? You want to do a couple calls first? And then we'll get to this emotional uh, message? Or do you want to read the emotional I've got, message? I've got two messages to read. Let's do, do the read? secret one first. So this is the, the one. Okay. That, all right. I have to bring up the secret message. Are you going to do it in a voice or are you just going to no. do it in your voice? Oh, okay. I didn't know if you're going to do it in a voice as like of the person who wrote it. No, you'll know. Okay. Um, right. I just have to bring it up here. All right. Maybe in that time, let's, uh, let's listen to a call. Uh, what you, what no, I've got it now. You got it? All right. Yeah. You're on it. This is how it goes. I love you, D. Simon. You make every Monday morning good. And I've loved every incarnation of the show. You are one of the most artistic, talented people on this planet. And your commitment and tenacity is admirable. I love your sense of family, your honesty, your humility, and your strength. You are intelligent, funny, and nice. Nice is a compliment that is so underrated and is rarer than you'd think. You have morals, values, and respect, yet can still find the funny in everything. If my son grows up to be a fraction of the man you are, then I will be very proud. You um, are sick and wrong, and I never wanted to stop. Lots of love, my fake mom. Oh, wow. That's, she that's sent really that to cool. me yesterday, and I have a bit of PMT, and I was having a few beers, and I got teary-eyed. I was like, oh, that's really I got, sweet. I got, yeah, I got a little uh, goosebumpy there. A little goosebumpy. Especially because she's been listening for so long, and like she's, you know, she's just so lovely. I like to think that everyone who listens to the show who doesn't really have like a sense of family like I do, or have anybody, have any family they're close to. My fake mom is your fake mom too. I just I, get that vibe. I from do her. really appreciate that. I no, I love your, I, I love. Kate's I love mom. my fake. She's mom. she's amazing. She's amazing. Thank you yeah. for that. Um, here's a here's a phone call. Uh, I think this is from a guy named Chris. Hey guys, uh, my name's Chris. I've been a very long term listener. I started listening when I was like 17 or 18. I think it was about episode 55 or 60. Wow. Um, now 31. So uh, I don't know how old that makes you, D. Uh, pretty old. Old. Um, congratulations. 800 episodes. That is uh, equally fantastic and depressing. So, uh, yeah, well done. Um, I thought I should probably call in I uh, never called in before. Uh, I did write in once. I uh, wrote a, you know, a story about a friend of a friend who um, went home with a girl who shoved the dildo up his ass and uh, made him shit all over the bed. And then uh, he came back to find her rolling around in it. And uh, Wackley didn't believe that my story was true. I remember this story. 
I actually do remember do the story. This stands out. Yeah. And I remember Wackley being like, I don't believe it. Bullshit. <laughs> so, um, fuck him. Oh, I've still never forgiven him for it. Um, it's been really great. Wackley has a lot of people to apologize to. You know, if you think about it. Uh, I'm sorry. The first person he has to apologize Steel. to is John Steele. John Steele, yeah. John Steele. And Martin. Martin is the second yeah, person he has to apologize yeah. to. Maybe in the next holiday show, he might. Following UD and Wackerly and Harrison and now Kate. I'm um, really enjoying having Kate on. Mainly because Thanks, uh, she sounds just like someone I used to have a big crush on who uh, ended up in a mental hospital. Um, <laughs> sounds about right. And yeah, Kate has the, uh, the same kind of manic laugh. So uh, it was a bit <laughs> of a turn on. So thanks, Kate. Appreciate that. Anyway, well Which done. Which cackle? Uh, try and make yeah. it to a thousand now, I guess. Um, yeah. Lick my balls. <laughs> you. Thank you, Chris, for that. That that is one person I do miss is Trucker Paul. And I think I'm trying. I think Trucker Paul he stopped listening when uh, Wackley left. Didn't like the show anymore, which is fair enough. I get that, but yeah. He's yeah. one of those people who just probably didn't want the upset and change. And Harrison was very PC as well, so I think he the tone the like, tone of the show yeah. definitely uh, you know definitely changed a bit. Yeah, and, and the thing enough. is with Wackerly, like Wackerly is by no means like a hardcore Republican, but he's definitely conservative. And a lot of is his he? like well, a lot of his beliefs, you know, he's he's very. I, I would say he leans. He's He's a, I would say he's liberal, but he definitely leans towards the conservative aspect. So, you know, I think it's, he wasn't as off-putting to conservative-minded people as me and Harrison, you know, especially Harrison. You know he's like the complete you know the, opposite. <laughs> the only parties I believe in are no-pants parties. No-pants? Oh, that's what this is. The consenting adults. Oh. Just getting that out there. Consenting adults, not for the uh, underage. I'm not no going to stand up. No-pants parties for over 18. I'm not going to stand <laughs> up. This is a no-pants party. It's a jubilee. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> All right, here's another uh, another call from uh, Thomas. Uh, he actually sent this in on Facebook. Hey, Dean, Kate. It's Tom Carl from UK. Congrats on making it episode 800. So I've been listening hey, to since about 4.50, I think, so it's, it's fucking flown by since you started, but I'm happy the show's, keep, keep the show's still going. Um, I was listening to the Patreon news for, for last week, and you were saying about Bill Cosby wanting to do a stand-up tour, and who'd, who'd actually risk, risk their career to even support him. Um, kind of reminded me of when I was in college, I used to work in like a, a social club, so it's a bit like a workman's club, so it's like mainly blokes in the 40s and retired couples and that. So I just... Wait, what kind of club? Like a, a social club. club? Oh, a social club. Yeah, like a working man's club, social club. You know, you pay like a very small amount of dues. And it's usually it's supposed to do a political party, but it, it isn't. But is it a bar? Yeah, there's bars in there and they would put, they usually put nights on. People have their weddings and stuff in them. So, okay. So it's like a social, like a VFW hall or something like that. Yeah, kinda it's kind of like here. actually speaking of Wackerly, didn't he, doesn't he drink at one of these places? Yeah, he drinks at one that he's a member at in Alameda. I forget the name of it, but yeah, yeah. it's the same kind of deal. It's a members only club. In there, so, but um, they did have a concert room which they would open on the weekend. Sometimes like bingo, any like disco nights, or if they had like comedy and stuff like that. Um, and this one particular night, they had about they had like some like big comedy thing on. They had about twenty people going up, like all doing like t five ten minute skits. Um, just obviously giving the crowd something different and that. Um, 
and this bloke he got booed off like within like a minute two minutes I could hear it coming through the walls from the room um, and the I was just sitting at the bar and the, I seen this like little cute old woman come in she must have been like at least 75 76 like old as fuck um, she came up to the bar she like looked really flustered you'd think she just found out she had like like a terminal cancer or something she was going to die next week um, we asked her oh are you okay and she's like yeah yeah I'm okay I'm just um, just appalled with the, the the comedy that they have on in this club and I was like oh why what's happened and then she's like oh the, the filth that bloke has come out on stage he said how do you get a dog to stop humping your leg she looked me dead in the eye when she said this and she said you pick it up and you suck it off <laughs> I, I was just like gobsmacked I didn't know what to do I wanted to fucking laugh me head off but steal that one. I, I would have felt really embarrassed especially in front of like this like little cute old lady she's probably about fucking five foot one she's a tiny little thing but um, she obviously had hearing so when she said that to me she said it really loud and everyone in the bar just like <laughs> turned around and looked at her it was like he did a penny drop to be honest it was so fucking awkward but obviously I had to stop myself from laughing with the with the saying that because I don't know it's it was like a lot of old people in the in the where I used to work and they always put complaints about like anything they could so I didn't want like some Karen making me lose my job but <laughs> yeah I thought it was pretty fucking funny to be honest uh, alright hope to hear more, more more episodes from you in the future alright keep it sticking around oh thank you there Tom I'm gonna steal he that joke like the, he sounds like the tall son of Warwick Davis got a bit of the Warwick Davis yep. inflections I wonder if him. they're from the same area I have a dog joke that's very similar how do you make Great. a dog drink how put it in a blender God, it's <laughs> terrible. I Ruining this, this so celebration funny. episode with this filthy humor. Um, all right, all right, all right. We got some more calls coming up. But I think we even have uh, some more emails a little later. We have in the show. a great email. But I want to get to this interview. So, yeah, we were trying to find the perfect guest. I know we were arguing about some guests. We interviewed a couple. And uh, we're playing one in a few weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is a which is gonna be a really cool, um, a really cool interview. And it was a great interview, but I was like, no, it doesn't really fit the theme. Of Sick and wrong episode eight hundred. So I went out on a limb and ended up uh, tweeting to this guy, being like, I wonder if he'll um, get back to me. He did. Max Hardcore. People, He's people who are it. the perverts out there know who I'm talking about. Max Hardcore was, well, his real name is Paul Little. He was like a porn actor, producer, and director. Um, and Max Hardcore was a stage name. He was the star of all of his porns. That, that, this guy is so perverted. He's such a sexual deviant that he's the one. He like casts himself as the as the actor. Th- this was his series, and he actually won a uh, an X rated Critics Award in 1994. The Anal Adventures of Max Hardcore. That was that was his I- series. I was watching Max Hardcore back in the day. I'm, I'm sure, sure you were. To. Kate well, owns volumes been, one through eight of the Anal Adventures. He was a mo- he start helped start a movement. There wouldn't have been Gonzo Pawn as we know it today without people like Max Hardcore, and he paid a price for it. And yeah, no, he he definitely did. Um, but yeah, his work is pretty much Gonzo Pawn. He kind of pioneered that that industry and that type of filmmaking, and he definitely push the boundaries of uh of acceptability in filmmaking especially even in porn i mean some of the things and we talk about this but some of the things that he would film like this guy would write this in to like a scene it's like we need urination fisting speculum in the in anuses vomiting 
Um, and yeah, and gaping. He was like a big fan of the gape. I don't think a lot of people were doing this back then. Barely anyone was, especially outside of a studio setting. I have kind of some admiration for Max Hardcore. He's he's definitely changed pornography as we know it today. And I admire those people, these like pioneers. But he's he he actually went to prison. He was sentenced to 46 months for, uh, for obscenity. So anyway, I was wondering like where the hell this guy has been and what's he been up to. And so I reached out to him and he was totally cool coming on the show. In fact, he was actually like really stoked about it. He was enthusiastic. And we talked for ages. Yeah, we talked for a long time. So uh, let, let's play the interview here. Um, but first, I want to uh, play a little message about our Patreon page, and then uh, we'll get to the interview with Max Hardcore. Greetings, loyal subjects in the UK and in the colonies. I love the Sick and Wrong Patreon. It gives me news stories, extra phone calls, and lots of tips on how to deal with my son Andrew. The sweaty nuns. Anybody found in the UK or the colonies not subscribed to the Patreon will face beheading. Thank you. Hey Max, thanks for uh, being on the show, man. Um, what what have you been up to these days? Yeah, it's really great to be here. Um, well, you know the industry has really changed a lot, and then we we got this. Um, the uh, COVID came through and really decimated a lot of uh, businesses everything. and people and everybody suffered, everybody suffered on that or nearly everybody. So um, we haven't been shooting as much, a little bit. Um, it's hard to coordinate now. You got to be tested and for the COVID and of course, all the rest of the stuff. Yeah. yeah we are it's tested like... for all there's piling it on. So, I've been just part. I just been rock and rolling all day and partying every night, basically. <laughs> good. Well, it's, it's good to hear you're still. Uh, you've still been producing uh, some uh, new material, uh, new content the past few years. Yeah, yeah, you got got to. I mean, uh, I'm a creator and I got to create. You know, I'm, I'm not happy and I'm. I'm a real go-getter. I move, move, move it, and um, I make things happen. You know, there's uh, two kinds of people. There's some people that make things happen, and there's other people that watch things happen, and I make things happen. You definitely are get in, it done. Yeah, in the former category. So, Max, you know, yeah. you, you got a very divided reputation. You're a very interesting character. You know, depending on one's perspective, some people think you're a champion of free speech, whereas on the other hand, some people think you're one of the most reviled men in the porn industry. So, and, and people have said horrible things about you, called you like a misogynist, or, you know, a child molester, but then other people, you know, say you're a visionary. So how do you respond to, to that? Like, what are your thoughts on, like, the varied opinions of your character? Sure. Well, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, and... But it, like any business, if you hang around long enough and uh, you, you, you manage to get through without killing anybody, uh, you're more or less accepted. In, um, so I'm doing what I started out with. I had a vision and I wanted to make porn the way I wanted to make it. I didn't want to champion free speech or anything like that. I just wanted to make movies. So uh, I had some different ideas that uh, 
that separated me from the rest. And one was that we dominate, uh, get in there, we dominate and destroy. And, uh, you know, film it from a man's perspective, uh, you know, and my character is selfish yeah. and, and he gets what he wants or he gets out of the, the situation. And I really enjoyed making this, but, the some people took uh, offense to it, and even early on, back in the mid nineties, that's what surprises me. Is that yeah. someone in the in the mid nineties people are taking offense? I can understand now with like cancel culture, Me Too, and things like that, that people would be completely yeah. shocked or appalled by what what you what you're doing, your you know your videos. But in the nineties, I'm surprised people would be that upset. Well, you know, I kind of remember back then and, and people, they, a lot of people had gone to jail before that um, for various reasons, you know, uh, Larry Flint uh, oh, yeah, from yeah. Hustler Magazine. Now, he, he this that was, was the a 80s, champion though. of free. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but it's leading up and, and it's spilling into the 90s. And, but he, he got, it's a complicated issue, but he didn't want to be a champion. He just wanted to make money, and and Maybe. and uh, it just it came. It was forced upon him, and it was forced upon me when I was um, I I was going against the grain. In that uh, I made strong videos. I did things that uh, people di- didn't do. Um, you, you know, before that, you Pushing have to boundaries. understand it was just, they were, yeah, well, they were, but what boundaries, you know, to define it, uh, you know, this, the stories were don't, the guy don't talk, you, you know, you just get in there and, and, and there's a, there's a scenario leading up to it. And then they make a scene and there's just moans and groans and, and, I like to carry this, my stories through into the sex and through the sex scenes and, um, you know, say things that I knew would touch, uh, press the hot buttons of some people. Like, you know, you're, I would say to the <laughs> girl, you know, you're just a stupid little whore and this is your job and this is what you do. So shut the fuck up and, and get to work. And, uh, but, I mean, people weren't people, saying though. People weren't weren't were There wasn't no. dialogue like that in uh, in, in guys, yeah. There never had been in porn before, and especially what I like about like your style of like gonzo porn was that it was more like <laughs> real life sex yeah. as opposed to the big productions yeah. like what the Mitchell brothers had started doing. I mean, that has its place, but definitely, I would say that you know, not including like the gaping assholes. I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't have gaping asshole sex every weekend, but Gonzo Pawn, like what you create to me is more like what regular people having sex well, is like. It's like a reality show in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? well, I, yeah, I, I don't know what people are doing, but uh, it caught on, uh, but it did alienate some people. And uh, I just said, let's, let's just make it ridiculously outrageous. And, you know, and then it got to the point where I said, well, I want to, I I want to uh, 
be controversial and so forth. And and uh, right and I enjoy it. I mean, I got to say, you developed a reputation, you know? I mean, just some of these sexual situations depicted in your films include, like, urination, fisting, speculum yeah. play, anal vag gaping, vomiting, you know, uh, girls vomiting on each yeah. other, drinking urine from their anuses. You know, I don't think anyone was doing this at that time. But um, so I can, I can understand how no, some people's no, minds were blown no, a bit. No. People still aren't doing that. I mean, there's a couple. <laughs> <of that. laughs> no sane man would would do that. Although, um, well, describe a typical scene. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. a typical Max well, hardcore scene? Okay. Well, the idea being that um, I'm selling the idea when it comes right down to it, basically that uh, a guy, average-looking guy, can meet a girl. Uh, in any of a number of situations, you know, like on the beach, at the grocery store, at the park. Um, and we would put it on location so that would make it more realistic and do the what we call the pickup. And uh, you would, uh, we would do the pickup, and then a lot of times we'd shoot right then and there, right in the in the bathroom and uh of a public park and that was sufficiently um uh dirty and nasty and and animalistic and uh and a hell of a lot of fun you know and the, plus the idea was that uh, at any second somebody could walk in there and and the gig would be up but um fortunately uh uh it never happened um because of our pre-planning yeah like how do you book the girls do you just do you say like straight from the off like you're gonna be drinking the piss out of another girl's ass today or is it a case of like the money goes up and up and up for them yeah yeah well what i would do uh, you know they say a picture tells a thousand words so i started out with a um a board that had uh, 16 Polaroid pictures on it. If you remember the Instamatic, uh, you know, Polaroids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Polaroid and it shots. would, it we I'd walk the girl through the scene, um, and then we started making trailers. Um, we didn't use trailers back on the VHS days because there was no, you know, we had no way to market them or right. place them. So, um, but once the internet came along, we got, we got on board with that and then we started making trailers. So I'll show a girl trailers and I'll ask them if they're completely comfortable with it. And it would be brand new to most of them. Um, because, uh, I often use actresses that are relatively new to the business so that it seems more realistic that they are, you know, a real person rather than just a girl doing her, uh, her 500th scene. Right. Well, a lot of these girls um, are really young, too. Aren't they very young, very petite? Well, yeah. Well, part of that was young, young looking. So the innocent factor. And yeah, you do have like a little doll type. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it would make it. It would make it more, uh, more shocking, more eye-opening, yeah, more um, controversial. But the, 
the the tiny the tiny little girls that we use you know between 80 and 90 pounds uh sometimes um that uh was just a matter of mechanics because it's easy easier to lift lift up a girl and fuck her in midair like you're holding her um and she's facing away your my front is to her back and i'm lifting her up and got her legs open and 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 it's really a dynamic shot um it's like a reverse cowgirl shot except yeah. i'm standing and instead of lay, sitting down or laying down and um, yeah, I guess that'd be easier so, to do with a 90 pound girl than like a 180 pound well, girl. absolutely yeah you know you know i i I have nothing against them, but you, you just can't do that with 130 pounds. You know, not for long you can't. No, damn. And also, uh, I, you know, you you have to understand the limitations of the uh, the the camera. The camera has to be able to see the point of impact. And and the, if a girl is very heavy and fleshy. Uh, it takes a longer and longer, progressively uh, longer uh, tool to get in there and and to see what the hell's going on. Well, you got to get a so wide angle the lens. The, yeah, the, the, and you really have to have it right on top of the action. So the best thing to do is just get a girl who's small. And that solves a lot of issues right then and there as far as what the customer, what the audience wants to see. Well, and, one, one uh, thing, Max, you took it one step further because a lot of these girls who are already petite and, you know, 90 pounds, but then you have them wearing pigtails and sucking on a lollipop with their hair in a scrunchie or uh, braces. Right. right so, because... Was that your idea? Was that, is that... Does that appeal to the demographic? No, 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 no. It was strictly my uh, my plan. You know, uh, that's right according to the plan because it's more eye opening. I mean, if you see a girl who looks like she's um, fourteen years old and she's taking up the ass and having a good time, um, that's great. I mean, uh, that's really sh- as far far that's as shocking from a shocking sense. And you can't do it. See, you know, the thing about movie making that people don't understand is that some people don't understand that are against the porn industry is it shows things that you can't do in real life. You're not going to meet a 12-year-old on the street and be fucking her in a a filthy bathroom at at a public park. Okay? It's just not going to happen. But it can happen with the magic of cinema. And then it makes it more shocking, like, wow, what the hell? How old is that girl? When people saw Barbie Angel, Little Cinderella, um, Chloe Adams, Catalina, et cetera, et cetera, they, they thought uh, that the girls were underage, when in fact, of course, they're not, not even close. Um, and everybody's really checked out thoroughly, and we have record-keeping um uh, requirements that would be 2257 uh, record keeping requirements uh, mandated by the government. So, uh, so you can prove their it's age. It's not ever going to happen. Yeah. So when right. you're so when you're going but through that the scene, that didn't stop them coming for you, did well, it? No. But when <laughs> yeah. you're going through the scene and you're taking them through the Polaroids, um, 
do you like are there sex acts that require additional discussion like do the girls ever say like there's no way i'm gonna you know let you vomit into my asshole or something like do well, girls I, ever I don't, step away I have from the it? other girl you know the other girl would do it but here's here's i say i tell them uh, there's little tricks that we use okay um for the most part um if uh, if a girl's gonna pee, or if I'm gonna pee into the mouth of a girl and she's gonna swallow it, I don't expect her to to drink rancid, nasty, yellow piss. Okay, so and it's very simple to work around. I start well before the scene drinking a bunch of water. You get to the point in about after about the third bottle of water where it's completely clear and tasteless and odorless. So um, I explain that to the girl and she'll say, mm, you know, and then we test it out and she'll say, yeah, um, it, that's not bad at all. So it's essentially water. The only point. objection. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what she's doing. So the only thing that uh, she could uh, complain about was being portrayed it's drinking piss. Okay. So, but they get over that, you know, because they're making a lot of money. Um, well, do they have consent forms? Like, do you have a pre-scene consent form? Yes. Where they like check off like what they're willing to do? Yeah, exactly. It's a checkoff form. Right. Um, precisely. And so, um, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to do have one around um, well I mean I it sounds like but it sounds like you you okay. wrote one of those be, from experience like uh, do, I mean do, have you ever dealt with a girl that was like there's no way I'm going to do that and then that led you based on that experience to come up with a checklist yeah no, well no I, I did uh, I did do we do an interview ahead of time and then we do a, a, a final uh, checklist did you do anything that you didn't want to do do you agree to um, that we are going to that we own this material and we're going to distribute it in any way, shape, or form that uh, we determine into the future, into perpetuity? It's a standard document. Uh, we just add a few things where the sex is uh, is highlighted. And uh, then we make uh, make sure that they're they're comfortable with it. And once the girls do it, I me mean, to myself, the best scenes are the ones where the girl is really having a good time, and she's and she's it. smiling, and she's she's not she's not a victim. She's an accomplice at that point. Okay, <laughs> and it's a good way to put it. We. Yeah, and, and then that, that that's what really makes a hot scene. It's, and it's more palatable to a larger amount of the audience. I mean, if you're just in there beating the shit out of somebody, uh, it's not very interesting for very long, in my opinion. However, I agree. That being, said, I, that being said, there were instances where we're in deep to the scene, and the girl... Uh, is just not cooperating, and and it's we're we're losing the patient, doctor, and and in which case we just try to finish up 
so that we have a complete scene. Well, how do you turn it around? I, I, I try to turn it around, but a lot of times, like, um, they just, well, let me put it to you this way, and it's hard for some people, uh, normal civilians to imagine, but there are a certain amount of people in in our society that like to like being a victim and uh, and you can see this when you watch bondage movies they're tied up and i don't do bondage per se i might use simple things like the jaw openers and stuff like that and then the speculums but that's about it yeah they but um they really like well, that's their fetish. They they get into it. Yeah, and they they get into it, and they like they like being dominated, and they like you know like uh, playing that role. That's they're very they slip into that, and once they slid into that role, that mindset, it's it's difficult to turn that ship around. Um, it, you can do it, but it, it's a it's a it's a long arc, and it takes you some time and a lot of muscle and in my opinion way too much discussion to, to to make it worthwhile it's better that we settle with a shorter scene if a girl is not if we're not getting the the, the correct responses from the girl you know the happiness yeah. I, what do you I mean if she's a victim because about... in some of your scenes yeah, there's like she... a lot of cock gagging there's a lot of tears and then, not to mention, there's like yeah. the whole humiliation aspect. Because I, I, I saw in a in a scene there, you had the girl looking at the camera, saying to her mom, "Like, how do you like me now, mom? I'm a real, uh, yeah, you know, I'm well, a real yeah. model. Are you you're proud of your little cum. princess now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I can understand how some people <laughs> might see that and take it the wrong way. But are you saying that the girl that's doing this, she's having fun with that? She's getting off on being humiliated like that? Mostly, yeah, for the most part. I'll, I'll admit, though, that there's some girls that just wouldn't want to do the scene again. You know, they did it once, and that's that's it. It's a very small percentage, but there there is that percentage. And, um, uh, and I do my best. I really... I started out at the beginning of the day with this, and I, I always, I often say that the word for today is happiness. Okay, we're not happy until you're happy. Um, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna craft this thing that it's not offensive to you, that you enjoy what you're doing, and you make it. You're just a little dirty whore, and. If nothing else, that seems to ring true with a lot of girls. They wouldn't be in the business. They like being dirty little whores, and and it works out pretty good. However, there are some that I've pissed off. Brianna Banks, even though she came back. Um, and, why, why was she uh, pissed off? Older. Like if, if you went through the scenes beforehand, got her to sign the checklist afterwards, did she say she was abused? No, you know, like... You know, okay, I, I talk to them, I, and sometimes I'm, I really feel like I talk too much to the girls, and I attempt <laughs> to explain, some great, but maybe it's some great language it's going too on. overwhelming. Well, before the scene, I talked to 
like this is what we're gonna do, you know. And so you let's have some fun with it, okay? You're gonna drink piss, and it doesn't taste bad. And you know they might start out with the attitude like that's really gross, but once they try it, it's not bad. But some get it in their head, and I'll tell you a perfect example of that. It was Anita Blue, and Anita, who I'm good friends with, uh, said to me she she starts shaking when I'm peeing in her mouth and she's crying and shaking and she says I I, I I I can't I just can't wrap my mind around this. I well, and I said you don't traumatic. have to wrap your mind around it. You just have to act like okay if 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 it's the and this is a like a private joke that from one scene that we did. If if it's hippies with oranges in the backseat of the VW microbus, put it leave it by the door, okay? This this is not a hippie crash pad. This is the real deal here. And we make movies and you have to you're playing a part. You're not playing yourself. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you are playing yourself, but if not, then you're pretending and that's what movie making is all about. It's pretending that you're doing something that you're not, uh, that you, but I mean, I I could see that with a girl who's experienced, but a lot of these girls, you know, it's their, what, you know, they're 19, 20 years old, brand new in the industry. I mean, maybe maybe you're being paid, but maybe they weren't expecting what they're going to get into. You know, I mean, it's no, no, they don't. And, like I say, thank, thankfully, it's a very small percentage of of the girls. I, in in uh, uh, thirty years of movie making, I've only lost two patients. Um, wow, that's, that's girls that just couldn't finish. Could, they couldn't finish the scene, and they said, "I can't go. I can't continue." That so, is a good start. We, we, it's damn good because I've got over two thousand movies to you my uh, credit. <laughs> wow, and only two girls who walked away from it. So you've 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 done yeah, quite like a few. I, well, that's the thing you've done. Right. Your you know you 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 push boundaries. You're groundbreaking. Um, you're definitely doing something. Obviously, you know a lot of people might not be into it. But let's talk about what happened with the obscenity trial. So why do you think okay. when you had people like you know, Stagliano, Evil Angel, uh, you know, Seymour Butts, um, Jeff Seward, all these people who are targeted for obscenity, but never charged. They plea bargained to being like a public nuisance, but you actually got, you know, you had to do real time, like two years. Why do you think they came after you? Because I had shitty lawyers. <laughs> I was about to say, was it, was it a money issue? <laughs> yeah, it was just basically money. They took no, all your listen, fucking money. Listen. I tell them the same thing. Okay, I had some of the industry best lawyers, right? Um, and I, and uh, these guys, they knew their shit. So I said, "What about fighting it?" He says, "Yeah, let's get in there and let's let's fight these charges." Let me tell you something, okay? That applies to all. Uh, every single time the feds come after you, you you take the deal, okay? You take the fucking deal. And anybody who doesn't know that is a fucking idiot. 
And but I'm listening to my lawyers. They say, let's fight. And I want to fight. You know, I think what I'm doing is right. But you can't fight the federal government. They got well, Larry all Flint the money. You got no money. OK, so what happened leading up to this was they they had a uh, a commission in the early uh, O's. Uh, and, you know, there was a lot of a lot of people pissed off about a lot of things because the World Trade Center had got got taken down and then the planes Patriot crashed Act, and a lot of, of people were understandably really pissed off with the whole world. So the government, my this is just my theory, I don't know if it's correct, but what I think is that they said, well, we have to have something, the government uh, their policymaker says, let's uh, make, uh, let, let's give them something else that makes them look like we're doing good for society. And of course, they they round up the usual suspects. I am a usual suspect. And I was making a lot more money at the time uh, because we didn't have all the independent uh, OnlyFans uh, yeah, you type didn't have sites like, and, and the tube sites and like Pornhub and no. all that. It was all DVD yeah, sales, and tubes, right? Yeah, and then we stole all our stuff. And so um, anyway, uh, so they formed a commission. It was called the Meese Commission, M-E-E-S-E Commission. And it was the anti-porn commission. And what they did was they said, how are we going to attack porn? What's our, what's our angle of attack? Because they considered it to be a war um, uh, of morality and also to show, I don't know how much they really cared about the morality, uh, but they did care about the money and they did care about looking good. Okay. So they, Went, uh, they went and did uh, a lot of investigations. I was one, John Staliano, Jeff Mike, uh, Rob Black, and uh, one or two other fellas. Uh, not Seymour Butts, though. I don't think he was involved in any way. Um, they went They went after us, the uh, four I had mentioned, and... All Jeff Mike got off on a technicality. Uh, John Saliano got off on a technicality, and they ne- they never refiled the charges. And they w- but they did get a con- conviction with uh, Rob Black from Extreme Associates, and they they got a conviction from me because I fought the charge. What was the conviction though? Like, what were the charges? Right. Okay. So. What the government did was they ordered from a distributor, not from me directly, but from a distributor, uh, 10 of my movies. We would typically, we didn't sell to uh, individuals. That was for distributors. That was the accepted way of doing business. And uh, and they, um, they, they, this J J J J M J Mark uh, I forget right offhand. Anyway, the distributor sent his name was Jay, 
but I can't remember the company. So wait, the FBI uh, went anyway, undercover, got got the ordered the uh, the movies no, from the distributor. They, they just ordered ten videos and had them out of Florida and had them sent to a post office box. Okay, you United States post office box, and anybody knows, everybody knows, you don't ship to a post office box, okay? Now, you got to be some kind of idiot because the post office is connected with the government. So that's if they want to bust you, they're going to... Yeah, they could use that, yeah. But I sent it to the distributor. The distributor then sent it to um, the post office box, and through some strange twist of logic, they bust me for shipping 10 videos to this post office box in Tampa. But showing uh, your typical content, right? Like fisting, urination, vomiting, all that. Yeah, all that. Yeah, and the Euro, what we call the European versions, too. And <laughs> What's the, the difference in the European versions? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, they, 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 those are the ones that had the peeing and the fist fucking in it. That's the Europeans basically love the difference. That. Right well, there. yeah, Max, that's what we're all up to yeah. here. That's, that's my plans for tonight. <laughs> Yeah, so they, uh, they, they, instead of busting the distributor, they busted me. And we even called the distributor in the trial because we said, we're going to fight this. Oh, God damn, if I had that all that money. Oh, it you had was them such a two hung juries as well, didn't you? Before you even got it convicted. Was, yeah, so they charged me with 10 counts of shipping obscene matter, okay? So I was that's what I was on trial for. And you got 46 months. Yeah, I was convicted of the 10 counts of, of shipping obscene matter, and um, they had a, a, an opportunity to give me over 14 years Whoa. in prison wow. for that. Yeah, that that was the option, but uh, the judge found it uh, that it warranted a, a, a sentence of forty six months. Okay, and I was sentenced to uh, what's called a low security uh, prison. Like a minimum, right? And uh, in the fed, yeah, in the federal system, just briefly, the federal system has camps which don't have offense. They have a low which I was in, and basically white-collar crimes or guys that were coming down out of the higher prisons, the mediums and the penitentiaries, they were coming down. Like if you would get 20 years for killing a guy, right, and you would serve like 15 years in a pen, and then you'd go to a medium and serve another two years, and then you'd come to a low, and from a low you would get released. And you're just on your best behavior at that point. Because at that point, they, they don't want to yeah, fuck yeah. up because they're going to go back to, like, the, you know, a minimum or a you know, no, penitentiary. Was, no, listen, it was, a, it was just a card-playing party. It was not bad. It I was, was about to say, what, what was the food like? Tell, I, I'm always interested in prison food. In where I was in Latuna Federal FCI, which is a federal correctional institute, they, uh was was not bad. I mean, everybody just wants to get along. Almost no fights. Um, did you have any fans? Uh, like anyone recognize any you? Any what? Did, it, did anyone recognize oh, you? Yeah, like, yeah, holy yeah. shit, they it's all, Max Hardcore. Every, every, 
Listen, everybody knows your business. Even if they didn't recognize <laughs> me, they know that's the guy that that's the pornographer. And so yeah, I was in with the yeah. So you, you served 30 months. Yeah. What'd you do when you got out? I just kept my mouth shut and, uh, and did my job. And so I got out. Now the way it works is uh, you go to um, from a low or usually a lower camp, and then you go to a halfway house. Halfway oh, house okay. is just like a low or or more like a camp. Yeah, uh, you're you're in little houses. I I was in Silver Lake. Um, like can can you come and go as you please, but you have a curfew? No, 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 not at all. No, no, no. You got to have a job. So you got to you got to find get a job. Okay, so you got go out every day to get a job, and and then you got to be back by dinner time. Okay, I came back and I told the my counselor there that uh, you know I'm going back into the business and I'm going to do things a little differently. And but uh, it's a legal business and you know, a lot of people doing it. And she says, okay, just don't do whatever you did before. Don't do that again. I just said, believe me. So did you get back to your old gig? Like were you able to get back into producing uh, porn again? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm making stuff today. Uh, My website is max dash hardcore.com. So, so Max real quick, you said that you prepare yourself for a piss scene by drinking a lot of water. How do the girls, like what do the girls do? What do they eat to to prepare for a barf scene? Like a vomit scene. Same thing. Oh, they just drink just a lot of water. Lot. So they're so what they're barfing up isn't food. It's just it's water. Well, yeah, for the most part. But there has been some accidental uh, <laughs> discharges that uh, that I would have personally preferred to avoid. But like I mean, like if you're going to be gaping, how do you prepare yourself for a gaping scene? Do you just not eat for like three days? Well, oh, the girl, yeah, okay, real simple. The girls use uh, enemas. Yeah. And uh, and they're, everybody has their own technique, but uh, enema plus rinse it out with water, it's as clean as, as as can be. You know, it's as clean as licking a pussy, you know, it's no big deal. Clean as the sole in a yeah. cripple's boot. <laughs> hey Max, uh, it's been great talking to you, man. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. And I, thank I want you. people to go check oh, out thanks. Max's site at uh, max-hardcore.com. You can also find uh, Max on Twitter at twitter.com/maxhardcore100. Um, you're also on Facebook too, right? Yeah. Facebook.com/maxhardcore100. Yes, All right. Well, Max, it's it's been great hanging out with you, man. And uh, yeah, wish you best of luck in the future. Yeah, thank you. Take it sleep. Love you. Thank you. (laughs) So, uh, you know, Max's porn is definitely not for everybody. I mean, personally, I'm not a big fan of the gaping speculum. That's not, not, not my thing. But I am a fan of free speech, and I'm a fan I, of freedom yeah. of expression. And I, think I admire pioneers, and he's a pioneer. In the end, you know, whatever you may think of his porn, he's creating art, and that's what he wanted to do. And I and I admire that. I mean, it sucks that he had to go, you know, go do some prison time for his art. But yeah, you know, um, 
but yeah, he he's he's a, a pioneer, you know, fighting for the First Amendment. So the other thing too, he was so much more friendlier than I thought he'd be. Because when you look at his porn and the the horrible things that he does in his porn, you'd think like, I don't know, I wonder how that guy's going to be. Because I remember like I interviewed Ron Jeremy. Holy shit. That was like one of the hardest interviews to deal with. That, that guy, that fucking guy. I've never been a fan of the hedgehog. I just don't get it. I've never liked his pawn, not into it. But Max Hardcore, I've, I've always kind of had like a little special. I mean, he was, you know, he like Ron Jeremy just wouldn't even answer questions, just talked about himself. I mean, oh, he's kind yeah, of an boss. asshole. And not to mention, he was like, it was so difficult just to, to timing wise to get that guy in the show. Max Hardcore, right on time. He was super talkative. He was early, in fact. Yeah, he was actually early. And I he admire was, that. He was super That's... talkative. Like, we talked to him longer than I had anticipated. And so I'm going to post the unedited version of the interview because it was like well over an hour um, to the Patreon page. But, um, you know, the edited version will be here on the main show. But, you know, I got to say, he was a cool guy. Yeah, I like it. I was a bit surprised. Um, so yeah, episode 800 here, party, party people, the Jubilee, sick and wrong Jubilee, celebrating 15 years of uh, shit stories and uh, <laughs> and uh, morons and murder. and. How um, else do you say, is it just Mazel Tov? Is there any other Jewish way to say congratulations, well done? Is it no, just it's Mazel Tov, yeah. Just muzzle to Big oh, ups, I'm mate. The white way. Big ups, mate. In Big it. ups, well mate. Well done. Salute. We, we, we got some, uh, some more emails to get to and some phone calls. Uh, but first, let's play a quick word from Adam and Eve. D. Simon, Lance Wackerly. Some folks call them podcrafters. I call them assholes. Mm-hmm. I reckon I better tell you my sick and wrong story. Mm-hmm. I looked in the window and caught my mama working herself good with some sort of pussy toy. Mm-hmm. Some folks call it a rotating G-spot vibrating dildo from adamandeve.com. I call it a pussy toy, kind of shaped like a nanner. Mm-hmm. I guess my mama entered the code word diddle at checkout and got 50% off almost any item. Three free adult DVDs. And a gift so sensual, I can't even mention it. Mmm. I reckon I'll get back to my biscuits and mustard and jerking off to D and Lance. That's funny and queer, not funny, ha ha. All right, so you have another email, special email to, to read out here, Kate Rambo. I do, and this is from our dear patron, Warren. So I put up a a thing on Patreon asking people to get in touch if they could. So Warren says, I remember the old days on the forum. So that's how old he's been around. No, sorry, Warren, you're not old. That's how long he's been around. Where he made special friends with Kendra and Hannah and my all-time number one online crush, sexting sexting partner, Duramater. Whoa, Duramater. Duramater. You know, there are long-term fans that are going to freak out when they hear that name. Like Kendra, she was... I mean, she was crazy. She was, she like totally changed her life around. Like a lot of people, it's weird. A lot of people were like, you know, in their, their, their depths of depravity when they found this show and listened to this show. And it, I don't know, maybe justified their lowly existence. And then like they one day were like, I'm 
I'm getting clean. Like Kendra was like, she was doing gang bangs at the randos on Craigslist and doing heroin. She had like a big baphomet, like right in between her breasts, like tattooed. Like she was, she was oh, wild. Wow. Yeah. She was a crazy one. She's the one who actually painted a painting for us in her period blood. She was wacky. Cool. But she was also like an engineer, like some kind of, I don't know what, what she did, what kind of engineering, like chemical engineer or something. And then, yeah, she like went to rehab, stopped doing heroin, became like a marathon runner, changed her entire life around. Like you see, I saw a picture, someone sent me a picture of her on Facebook recently and I'm, I was like, I didn't even recognize that person compared to the person I knew in like 2007. So <laughs> a lot of people like changed her life around. Like Dura made her, and I might be wrong on this, she was another one that was like, you know, I wouldn't say she was like a heroin addict, but she definitely like, you know, was into dark, unseemly topics, the things that we talk about. Um, and then I think she like was in med school. So I, I'm sure now she's probably like a gynecologist or something with a family and an upstanding member of society. And she's like sick and wrong. It's like a distant, distant memory. But she was super cool. This hot Asian girl. She sent me a a, a, a bottle of a crystal head or crystal skull vodka, you know, Dan Aykroyd's vodka. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like shipped so cool. it to me. It's awesome. I still have it to this day. But she was super cool. But the forum... The form was weird. It's definitely different than uh, the Discord. We have a Discord similar. The similar idea. I love the Discord. I also love everyone on the Discord. Yeah, Discord, it's a yeah. similar idea, but Discord's like, it's not like the old Sick and Wrong form. The old Sick and Wrong form, first of all, there were like a lot of people on it because Sick and Wrong was, you know, back then there weren't as many podcasts. We had like thousands of listeners. And uh, yeah, there, I don't know, there were like 20, 20 odd, 30,000 people on the forum. And some people even met each other and got married on it which is weird oh that's so but nice it was a, but it, it. it was a really like antisocial, strange um community on there and like there was no moderation really and i think like the first forum someone posted like i think like kitty porn and it got we we did yeah, not manage we didn't manage it it was like managed by some dude in canada and he ended it and then this like russian guy a uh, bester people might remember that guy he started up the second one, and the second one was just like full of just misogynists. Like these dudes, any girl that came on was just like, tits or get the fuck out. And it just became this like really just incel, like this before the term incel was around, but this like really just insipid, terrible incel environment. And me and Wackerly were like, we're going to stop even promoting this thing. And just let it well, die. It's not like that on the Discord now. I would definitely say that the women rule on the Discord and FM rules. And if you piss off any of those people, you're out the door. What I love about Discord is it's moderated. People are cool on there. It's a it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a fun community. And it's like now there's like all these different channels on it. So it's did the Discord does a way better job at having a forum than than the old forums that they used to find. Back well, we have day. some great moderators yeah. on the Discord too. So Big ups to them. Thank all those people. So he's uh, one continues with a. Uh, he wants a uh, Duramater to DM if you're out there. We should exchange <laughs> suggestive photos and corny jokes one more time for nostalgia's sake. <laughs> so I asked for favorite memories, and he says favorite memories of the show often include involve a cameo appearance from Jeff. I'd oh, love to brother. hear some highlights of his appearances. Yeah, your brother. Of course, Bob Madigan will go down in um, sick and wrong folklore. His appearances over me, I'll, either made for either entertaining I will or raise, I will raise a glass to Bob Madigan. Yeah, for Bob. 
sometimes both, both, but there was never a dull moment with that guy. Rest in peace, Bob. We're going to get his <laughs> widow on soon, aren't we? We're going to have um, his ex-wife. Yeah, I kind of want to do, I kind of want to get like, Bob's ex-wife, couple of his bandmates, and do like kind of a Bob memorial. Bob special. Yeah, Bob yeah, special. Because cool. you know the funniest thing about um Bob Madigan, if people long-term listeners of the show might remember this, but I spent the night at Wackley's house. I did not piss on well, maybe a little bit of piss on his Xbox, but it wasn't like it was near his Xbox. But keep in mind I was really, really drunk in a strange house. I didn't know where the bathroom was. And, you know, it's not like I spent the night at Wackley's apartment that often. Like, we're all partying there, and I think I passed yeah, on the yeah. couch. And so I got up, and I, yeah, I pissed in what I thought was the bathroom. It wasn't. It was near his Xbox. He was really upset about it. Understandably. Understandably so. And and I apologize, unlike he did, to Steele. But, um... Wackley will never apologize to Steele for that snub. But that so anyway... snub. He... He went, I mean, it wasn't like he was not talking to me, but I think he took a week off. And so I made a whole, I think he was upset. Um, had enough D Simon for a little while. And Over break. an Xbox. I'm sorry. Xbox have always sucked. It's always been about Playstations. <laughs> Fuck you. Ugly. Well, so anyway, I did a whole thing of like, I was auditioning new hosts and it was kind of a bit. And so that's when I brought Bob on. And Bob was like, I mean, the guy was such a reprobate and such a drunk and everything, but he had like a really good heart, that guy. And I remember at one point, I mean, we're, he was wasted, wasted. I bought him like a fifth of vodka. I was drinking the whole thing. I mean, which is not great for an alcoholic to do. But anyway, at one point we were doing this story because that's what you do in Sick and Wrong. You do like the, the horrible murder stories and he's reading it and he was just like, I don't see why this is funny. And I was like, well, it's, it's funny because it's a, you know it's a story about he's like but someone died I'm like well yeah he's like but that's not funny it's terrible so yeah he was really upset about it oh shit well, is, gonna... my, is my mic breaking up it just did then yeah that was weird all right it's yeah, not it right was... now yeah yeah odd. so we're gonna have we're gonna have Bob uh, we're gonna do a Bob episode and your brother's gonna come back on soon because we've got some I have some questions I have for your sister and I have some questions for your brother so yeah I wanna I do wanna talk to him about um his new he's got a new gig he's got a new gig yeah we were talking about this on the Patreon weren't we? yeah we were talking about yeah. um this place the glass coffin uh, he didn't end up working there he worked he's working another spot actually um on upper or upper hate that's kind of cool. Okay. We'll, we'll talk to him. We'll catch up with him. So Warren continues. He says, the Wacker years, they were akin to the Federation years in WWE wrestling. It was a golden age filled with memorable characters, which paved the way for future generations of listeners and hosts. Sticking with the WWE analogy, the Harrison era was the new generation period where some old faces departed. The management tried out a new angle, but ultimately... And I don't think I'm talking out of turn here. The product started to get a little tired towards the end of this phase and something drastic was required. Cue something drastic. The departure of the jobber and the introduction of Rambo. That's me. We uh, was very Alan Partridge then. That's me. <laughs> That's, me. <laughs> That's me. We are now in the equivalent of WWE's attitude era, which is a period of time hallmarked by vulgarity, shock, nudity, a renewed drive of creativity and fan engagement. I'm reading this totally like Alan Partridge now. It's all I can hear. D. Simon, he's the Vince McMahon of the world source for antisocial commentary, is back on top of his game. We love you, D. 
It's been 12 <laughs> glorious years of listening for me. I've gone from an irresponsible waster with no prospects to an irresponsible waster with a house, a career, and a child somehow. Dee has been there as a weekly voice in my ear the whole time, and Play Something Dancy has been my annual holiday poolside read for the past <laughs> decade or so. Talk Things about reprobates. <laughs> Things just wouldn't be the same without your weekly emissions. So thank you emissions. for 800 gloriously puerile episodes, and as always, keep it sick, keep it wrong, brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. The Reach Around Foundation. <laughs> You know, you know what's really funny? I should see if I can look that up. I remember I had the rabbi on to do a uh, an intro. You, no, well, yeah. he was on the show one time, but he was at my house, and I was like, I think it'd be funny to do a rabbi intro. You know, maybe I'll maybe I'll start this episode with it because it was really funny. And he was just like, "You're listening to Sick and Wrong, brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation." It's like I he did it. like a lilt to it. Yeah, it was really funny. I'll see I've if I can find it. Yeah, maybe I'll start the show with it. It was uh, it was pretty funny. I, he was on like um, I don't remember what episode it was, but me and Sleazy E were interviewing a guy who created a device that you could tug and grow your foreskin back, and he was like an anti circumcision guy. <laughs> oh, and then the we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. The counterpoint was my dad, who was like totally pro circumcision. The rabbi was just like, <laughs> "It's a covenant with God." He's like so into circumcision. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you, Warren. Appreciate that. Loved um, that message. Thank you for comparing me to the best era in wrestling. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> it's such a compliment to me, not D. <laughs> Got a couple uh, couple more calls to get to. Uh, here's one from uh, good old Richard Onions. Oh, Chicken no fucker way. from the forum. Yeah, Richard Onions. Hey, guys. It's Richard here. Formerly Chicken Fucker of the original forum. Old school listener from back in the day can't believe it's 800 shows i mean you know wackley awesome harrison roller coaster couple of guest hosts uh that richard guy was particularly awesome and uh and now you and kate you know it's going well but i think it's time that we address the elephant in the room and discuss the time it's time to get a you know a new host like you've been blagging it all this time I can't believe you've made it 800 shows without being sacked I think it's serious time that we found someone competent to take the helm and drive I gotta say, I agree with them. Wouldn't it be gay if I did like a Caesar moment and I just took over the whole show and just locked you out <laughs> Are you going to get a new host? <laughs> Are you going to get someone else to host it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll get another Jew in. And you'll be so angry if I got another Jew in. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd be really mad. You got someone <laughs> Jewier than me? I'd be so mad. Yeah. Got, like, the show Harrelson. forward Woody and Allen. make sick and wrong great again. Yeah, bollocks. Anyway, you guys, you know, thank you for hours and hours of entertainment. Um, you, you rock. Keep doing it. You sick fuckers. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Keep it sick and wrong. Letters. <laughs> Thank you there, uh, uh, Mr. Onions. Always good to hear from him. Yeah, I loved his... Uh, he didn't get along well with the guy that ran the forum, the Russian guy. They hated each other. Oh, was yeah. there like a bitter, bitter uh, A lot of vitriol there um, back in the day. Um... Here's another uh, a long-time listener. 
Hey, Dean Keat. Um, just wanted to send a message to congratulate you both on 800 episodes. Dee, it was whenever you mentioned that um, you've been doing this for nearly 15 years, oh. and I realized that I've been listening to you since probably episode, in the episodes of around 30 or 40, and I turned 30 earlier this year, but I've been listening to you roughly half my life. That's a, that is insane. It's it's difficult to comprehend. Like this this kid was fifteen when he's you listening to this. You have corrupted this, this yeah, young Irish boy. Corrupted the youth. You totally have. Yeah, we really have. That's and, so funny. The, and the crazy thing too is it's like I mean, and over the years, like we've been I've been interviewed by a couple high school students. I've been interviewed for by a few college students. Um, Ella, Ella, yeah, Ella, Ella did an interview because yeah. she was doing a thing on like podcasting and new media in general. So it's, but it was just weird to me to think like, God, you were fifteen and you're listening to the horrible things that we say. Like we're like an influence on this kid's life. That's a good thing though to be fifteen and listening to a show like this. I think it's a good thing. You know, I would have, I, if I'd have known about this, I wasn't listening to podcasts at like 15 because they weren't around. But if they were, oh man, I would have embraced it. Instead, I was on Rotten.com. This would have been so up my street. It is kind of the, the podcast version of Rotten.com. Good. <laughs> the thought of having you in my ear for half my life is absolutely terrifying, but it's been, it's been a true delight. So thank you very much for the past 15 years. I don't know if I want to wish you for the next 15 years because you're oh pretty God. bitter as it is. Um, <laughs> so we'll not, we'll, we'll not wish you for that. I've been through. Yeah, could you imagine? Like, so what would I be? I'm 46. Well, so no, be... you already remember black and white telly. So in another 15 years. <laughs> yeah, but if like oh in God. my 60s, I'm like, good You'll evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for goddamn social commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there, still the yeah, spring then, chicken, going, yeah. stop it, Dee. You've already told this story This witch times. cackle. Yeah, We've already yeah. heard about it. <laughs> I'm bored now. Yeah. <laughs> now hopefully, hopefully you'll replace me by then. Put me in a home for old podcasters. <laughs> old Jewish podcasters. Old Jewish podcasters, that's where I go. Failed old Jewish podcasters. Generations of podcasts with Wattily. God rest in peace. Harrington getting fluffed up wherever he is now. God bless his little cotton socks. And now Miss Rambo, who's been truly a delight to listen to. And um, I hope it continues as long as you both wish it does. Um, I've emailed you once or twice. I sent you a couple of messages, but I've never phoned in. I'm pretty drunk, so I guess I'm using the drunk dial line pretty well. Liquid courage. Best of luck. And um, honestly, seriously, thanks for the last 15 years. It's been a real, it's been fantastic. Best of luck. Oh, well, thank you for that. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. Nice. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like a lot of these uh, these calls are very emotional, very touching. What would you, they're moving. You've got to have some favorite memories from 800. What have been, some, I know these people are bringing back memories where you're like, I remember that, but you've got to have one where you're like, that was cool or that was Fuck. disgusting. I don't even know. I and mean, we've done so many. We've done some great interviews. I think one of my favorite interviews is the guy that fucked the dolphin and wrote the book about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Malcolm, I forget his last name, but that that was a great one. Um, we interviewed the To Catch a Predator guy. That was kind of cool. Uh, Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen, yeah. We interviewed, uh, me and Harrison interviewed Jinx Dawson from Coven. I thought that was really cool. That is cool. Yeah, Jinx she is was, a cool chick. She's pretty amazing. Um, I used also to love, a fellow witch. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, just over the years, we've done so many, just so many shows. It's crazy that what I find kind of crazy about it too is like, you know, I've been through like real life events. I still did the show. Like when my father passed away, you know, I was in Michigan for the whole time, but yet we still did the show. Um, but I remember like Wackerly covered the show a couple times and uh, <laughs> that no, tree, tree grows about. in Brooklyn was one of my favorite things because it was so Andy Kaufman. And I, remember... I actually talk about that. I'm actually going to read that on Overkill one day <laughs> just to get it out there. I'm just, just in a tribute. It. it was in a tribute. I remember just being like floored by it because it was like, I'm like, well, dude, I, I can't. I literally can't do it. I'm like, you know, dealing with some terrible shit right now with my dad dying and all that. And I just, I don't have time. I can't do it over the weekend. And so he's like, I, I got it. I, I'll do something. I'm like, well, do you want me to get like, get somebody like Sleazy E or someone to cover? He's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. I got it. And then I remember like, he like did it, recorded it, posted the show and everything. And I remember listening to it and being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Kind of blown away on so many levels. Cause it was like such an epic troll in an Andy Kaufman type of thing, this random book and people's minds were just blowing. Like people were like, what the hell? Like there were so there were people that were really upset about it. Yeah. Well, it's become part of the, uh, the folklore. The sick now, and wrong lore. It? Yeah. The other, the other thing that sticks in my mind that I always thought was really funny is we kind of got creative with our April Fool's Day jokes, but when we did soft and warm, soft and warm. that's another very memorable thing. And I, yeah. and it was so like, I mean, it was so obvious that we were fucking around. I mean, I, I mean, I think I did a, a, a story about, I forget that guy's name, the Chinese basketball player that was like eight feet tall. I don't know if you remember that guy. I, I remember him. Yeah, he was in Bizarre Magazine. Yeah, he was like this huge dude. I actually um, saw him at SFO one time in security. I was like, I literally came up to like his waist. But anyway, that dude was in Florida, or not Florida, in China. Florida. He was in China. See, like Trump. China. China. And uh, <laughs> dolphins, like his long arms, dolphins who had swallowed like, you know, the plastic from six packs. He was like reaching in and pulling it out of their stomachs. <laughs> that's like, noble. What a noble. Yeah, well, that's thing. what I'm saying. It's like a soft and warm story. And we're just like, you know, on the brown star rating of soft and warm, I give that five soft and warm brown stars. It's the thing I, I also like the most is obviously all these uh, cast of characters. It's all the, all the people who've rang in throughout the years that you get to know like a snippet of their lives from. Like Jizzy Jake, you get to yeah, know yeah. him. And, like, I think that's one of definitely the best things about the show, like Jizzy Jake, FM. You get some all just random listen. characters over the years that have called in. Yeah, I love it. I've always loved the phone calls. It's one of the reasons that I was like, this is one of the best podcasts. You know, it was always weird with the phone calls because some people hated it. Some people liked it. I always liked doing the phone calls because I kind of like the the idea of having like the interaction with the listeners, you know? Oh, yeah, I love it. I think Instead great. of just doing, you know, it, it's funny when I think back about Sick and Wrong, at the time when I started doing the show, I wanted it to be just serial killers. And every week we'd do a different serial killer and it'd be a very true crime thing. And Wacker is like, I'm not doing that. It's boring and stupid. And I remember being, how famous would you be now <laughs> if it was just true crime? I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, God, if we had done that in 2006, no one was doing true crime. We would have been the first real true crime podcast. But instead, we're doing these like horrible, like juvenile, you know, shit story phone calls and these like stupid uh, murder, you know, murder articles. 
But at the same time, I kind of don't regret a thing. I like you the know. way it is now. I think it. I think Lackley is right. If you just do totally like true crime, it does get boring. And like now, get the whole scope. Well, Wackley also wanted to do way like more a comedy thing, not just like yeah. a serious. And I don't think I could do a serious podcast on true crime. I mean, I think I, we can. Who could? Yeah, but I think we could talk about it like we do an intro. But I think I still have to like you know add some comedic hijinks in there. Anyway, let's uh, a couple more calls, and then uh, we got to wrap up this jubilee <laughs> celebration. Sick and wrong, a celebration. <laughs> Here's Waxer. Remember that guy? Waxer. What's up, party people in the place to be? This is Waxer. I just wanted to say <laughs> nice. hi, and I can see that you're about to do the eight, 800th show. <clears throat> so... Uh, I don't know. I'm slightly inebriated right now. It's a Saturday night. <laughs> Hence okay. the drunk dial, And uh, it's been a very warm day. I've got not really a lot to say other than I fucking love you guys. And uh, thank you for doing everything. And last year's been a bit difficult for me. Not really being in touch or listening to a lot of shows, but need to get back into it. And uh, I wouldn't bother playing this message, honestly, if I was you, because... Why was you? Because it's just bollocks. Um, however, you are the so bollocks. deprecating. Actually, you know what? It brings me to my point. There is a funny thing in the English language about the word bollocks. So you can have your bollocks, which are your testicles. You can be the bollocks, which is you're the greatest. Or it's a load of old bollocks, which is it's total shit. So the word bollocks in the English language actually has some value. So maybe you can just play that bit. Cut the early part out. And just... I kind of feel like Sick and Wrong is all three. <laughs> At some points it is. I'm sure. Posting people... about bollocks. Um, yeah. So there you go. That's it. D, love you, man. And hope you're good. And speak soon. Kate, is it? The co-host. I'm really sorry, darling. I haven't really listened to too much of your shows. I hope you're great. And I will try and catch up. And I'll do my best. And I'm going to get back on the Patreon thing. So love you guys. Take care. Peace. Thank you, Waxer. I wish you well, man. I've always liked that yeah, guy. Long time listener. Like Long time listener. All right, we got time for one more call, and I think I got to wrap okay. it up. Yeah, we got a bunch of calls. Thank you, everybody, for calling in. It's kind of weird. It's like, it, it's weird. I feel weird. Like I, I, mean, I don't usually. That's why I don't do stuff like this. Like I don't do birthday parties. I don't like to like you know, have some kind of ceremonial declaration of my achievements. I don't like, I usually don't do that. And this, and this I'm torn on this because I, I know it's a bit of a rewarding accomplishment, but it's also kind of like a weird tragedy of like, what the fuck have I been doing for the past 15 years of my life? You know, it's a, it's a weird feeling. I've mixed emotions here, but hearing everybody call in like this is pretty amazing. Yeah, I think you, you've just got to be a woman. You've got to suck your bollocks up into you at this point and be like, it is an achievement and it's good to celebrate achievements, especially an achievement that is, this isn't like a birthday or something where everyone has one. How many people can be like, oh yeah, this is like the eight, 800th time I've shot something out. Eight, <laughs> Whereas you yeah, can. 800 episodes of Sing Wrong. This is something to celebrate, man. This is great. <laughs> All right, here's, a, here's one more call from the Atheist Preacher. Hey, Brother B, Sister Kate, this is Atheist Preacher. Ain't called y'all in a while. I've been busy back home being a paterfamilias. Uh, paterfamilias. Ain't got much to say, but I am calling. 
because I saw on the Facebook about 800 episodes. That's uh, well, that's something, I guess. Damn near 15 years, closer to 20 years than not. Of this Sisyphean effort, D. It is I'm a proud Sisyphean effort. Kate, uh, D, y'all have a wonderful day. Keep it going. Let's make it to a thousand. Oh, Adios. Lick my balls. <laughs> yeah, lick my balls. I know. I kind of like that salutation. Two different, uh, two different calls. Um, all right. I, I got to say thank you, everybody, for uh, calling in. It's pretty awesome to hear from people like that. Talking about yeah. uh yeah, I mean talking about like the influence the show had on their lives and um and just have been listening for so many years. It's crazy. It is it is mind blowing to me to think that someone is at fifteen years of age started listening to this random podcast that they found on iTunes and fifteen years later they're now like a full grown adult with a family and a career and they're still listening to this shit. Yeah, you've been a constant in their lives. And when you think about everyone, obviously has so many like turmoils in their life as well. And you've always been there every Monday. It's it's weird. It is. It has been a constant in a lot of people's lives. And I gotta say, for the foreseeable future, I think it will be. You know, Um, but there are there are some changes coming up on the show, and uh, some big announcements that we're going to be doing on Patreon. We're kind of. It's kind of weird. We're kind of doing an experimental thing. I don't know if a lot of people have done this. Almost, I would almost want to say it's almost like a reality show in a way, what we're going to try to do in October. I don't want to give too much away, but we're definitely going to be, it's going to be weird. I think it's going to be, I don't think podcasts have really done this. And I can't think of any podcast that's doing what we're going to do. And you're only going to hear about it on Patreon. Yeah, I think we're, I mean, we're kind of doing it as a selling point to get you motherfuckers to sign up for Patreon. But also, I think it's, what I like about <laughs> Patreon is because it's not structured, so we can, like, do stuff like that. We can that. be ourselves. It's, well, you, well, you it's, can put, it's not like, you know, sick and wrong, it's like, you know, we got to do the hour and a half every week, blah, 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 and it's like a structured show. It's about something. Business, yeah. business up front. Patreon, you know, on the other hand, we can do whatever the fuck we want because it's behind a paywall and we can just, you know, put out things and we could be ourselves talk talk about our personal lives and that's because i don't usually go too much into my personal life you know in general like you know my romantic life <laughs> i don't usually do that well, on the show do I, apart from i will obviously talk about all my abortions all 19 of them <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of abortions people but anyway it was like we're... a slip and slide towards the end <laughs> yeah you know we're going to uh we're we're going to try something in October that I think will be, I don't know about groundbreaking, but it'll definitely be uh, different. I'm not sure if it's been done in the pod crafting world. Um, but that's, that's what Sick and Wrong is all about, you know? Got to do some change. Got to push the boundaries. Pushing the limits of pod crafting. That's what we do here. Um, so, go yeah, go check it out. Patreon.com slash Sick and Wrong. Five bucks a month. You get an extra story. Extra phone calls. Uh, this week we do a story about a poo bomber. She's a poo bomber. It's a 50-year-old lady who's plagued her neighbor's lives with her poo bombing for 25 years. Yeah, she's like banned from defecating in public, this woman. Um, anyway, that's... Yeah, we that, all be? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a few bucks more, you get our sick and wrong news segment where uh, this week I'm, I want to get into this whole thing with the racist English footballers. Which is not surprising, but also like... Well, it isn't. The football fans, not the footballers, the football fans. 
And then uh, also, That's what I read, I mean. it's not surprising. Yeah, I read this story about. Have you heard about these anti-sex beds? I've actually seen the anti-sex beds, not in real is, life, is, obviously. Is your bed why would an anti-sex bed? God no. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's the exact opposite. It's, it's like a, a pro-choice that bed, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the Sick and Wrong News segment. And then uh, Kate also for the uh, the Overkill, the Sick and Wrong mini episode this week. It was all about Amy Winehouse. Who, yeah, um... I'm going rogue on the Overkill this month. I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. D can't tell me to uh, tie I, it into the show. I don't have it's jurisdiction. Years. I don't have jurisdiction in that, that area. No, it's 10 years since she died. Amy Winehouse is a very important person to me. So I may have cried when I recorded the Sam Kinison episode. And I may have cried when I recorded the Amy Winehouse episode. You have to listen to it to find out. Amy Winehouse is a big influence on Kate. And actually, I, I really admire Amy Winehouse, too. That was someone who I remember, like, at first I was like, I don't this. I just didn't even give it a really a chance. I was like, I know it's something I'm not going to listen to. And then uh, yeah. an ex-girlfriend of mine was super into Amy Winehouse. And I started listening, I started listening to her and I was like, God, you know, actually, I actually really like it. I, I think I, I, d- yeah. I definitely own all of her records. Um, yeah, she's a punk without a punk band. I love her attitude. And also because I'm a North Londoner, there's not many North Londoners. So I'm I'm bound to her and she's bound to me. And I love yeah, her. I've always admired her. So uh, you can go check that out on the uh, Sick and Wrong Overkill this week. Also, people, if you want to get some Sick and Wrong merch, proudly display the Sick and Wrong logo. You can go to the uh, T Public store, uh, sickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope. Buy some Sick and Wrong um, Shiza. And finally, here's Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. I want to dedicate this song to a friend of mine, a good friend of mine who uh, recently died, uh, recently passed away. Um, Bay Area, legendary. He's a legend. This guy's a legend in the Bay Area, and people that are in the Bay Area will know who I'm talking about. Legendary Bay Area punk promoter Scott Alcoholicos uh, died at uh, 54. Uh, only 54 years of age. Yeah, this wow. guy. It's a real bummer. Um, he was he was integral to the punk rock scene of San Francisco. Definitely, definitely at the time of the mid two thousands when I really knew him. Um, but still, never stopped this guy. Um, yeah, uh, Scott Alcoholicost died at the age of fifty four after an eighteen month battle with uh, prostate cancer. Sucks. Yeah, that's really sad. It really so does young. suck. I, he was a frequent guest DJ on Rampage Radio. He used to come in, just oh, show up cool. in the middle of the night after he, after one of his shows, and usually would bring in a band. And uh, it was cool. Like he'd, he'd, even better. Cool. Yeah, he would spin for like an hour or two. And this guy, I'm talking, he had some of the best records, all OP original pressings of just like a great punk and metal albums. I mean, this guy had an amazing selection. And I, I spun with him at, uh, we used to do DJ nights together in San Francisco at a bunch of different bars like El Rio and uh, the Covered Wagon. People might remember those. Um, but this, is, this guy was like as legit punk rock as you could possibly be. You know, never ever sold out or, or didn't. I mean, he was just like so dedicated to the He's scene. He's the king of punk. Well, his pa- yeah, exactly. His passion was punk rock. He was he created the local punk scene. He was the punk scene in San Francisco. I would say in the in the mid aughts. Um, Scott's real name was uh, Scott Rogers, but he went by Scott Alcoholicost. Um, he had been in the underground scene for twenty five years. This guy, it's crazy. What a guy. This yeah. is a this is the king of punk. Um, he, in that time, he booked more than 4,000 shows. 
Whoa. And, uh, was definitely one of the most passionate, passionate and dedicated promoters, I would say, in punk at the scene. Um, great band, Dead and Gone. I was reading a quote from uh, the vocalist, Shane Baker. He said he preferred the smaller DIY shows, dive bars, punk spots. That's where the energy was and fun for him. And he goes, I thought it was crazy how he, how so organized he was. That's something I always was amazed by too. Like this dude was just totally punk rock. I mean, he smelled bad. You know, he was like wearing like, you know, a tattered shirt and like, you know, torn jeans and everything. We'd show up, but everything was like exceptionally organized. His flyers, his shows, everything was booked on time. Bands always got paid. He was, I mean, he was definitely a, a very professional um, punk rock promoter. And, and he really did did know his music, love music. And, uh, and yeah, and promoted all sorts of DIY punk bands. You know, Scott Alcolicos definitely will be missed. Um, and so when, any t- anyways, whenever he came and he spun on Rampage Radio, he always played this song. It's always part of his set. Alcohol by um, the Boston, Massachusetts band, punk band uh, Gangrene. You know, you know them? This is like his uh, John Peel um, always played uh, Teenage Kicks. This is his Teenage Kicks. Yeah, I mean, he also did, uh, what was that band? The Rizillos. Some, uh, somebody's going to get their he head kicked the in tonight. Love that no band. Way. Yeah, that, that's oh where I God. found out about the Rizillos from. Because he was like, he'd always play like, somebody's going to get their head the, kicked the, in tonight. The Rizillos are just up the road from me. That's oh, amazing. Yeah, great, great Scottish punk band. But um, it, this song, Alcohol, Alcohol by uh, the, the punk band Gangrene, definitely stood out. It's a fitting song. For, it was a fitting song from Rampage Radio. Definitely a fitting song for Sick and Wrong. Um, for the Jubilee, baby. Yeah, Scott was a true legend, and, and that guy's going to be missed it. for sure. Rest in power, Scott Alcohol Cost. We're going to end the episode here, 800, with Gangrene's Alcohol. I'd like to thank everybody out there who's listened to this show for the past 15 years. 15 years. 15 fucking years. A long time. And, uh, you know, I've devoted a large portion of my life to this for some reason. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I think it's because of the listeners. And I truly appreciate everybody out there who listens every week and supports the show and has been supporting the show for 15 years. Well, salute to you all. We'll be back next week with episode 801. Till then, take it easy.
this is Bob Madigan, and you're living, ah, listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and run. Sick and Yes, you're listening to Sikoran, and this is Bob Madigan, and uh, I hope you're still going to listen later on, dude.